A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Welcome along to the hurling show. Michael is here in studio with me, and Damien is on the line. Lads, I don't know what it is about hurling, but we've had a week off for club. Maybe that's the the, the reason. There's no news around. Hurling is like a, a wasteland at the moment. There's no controversies. I've said this on the show before, Michael. There's no Sunday articles about the weaker counties not getting enough funding. There's no complaints. There's nothing. There's no problem with fixtures. Like there's never anyone giving out really. Like there's no huge headlines. Parky Queeve. Well, Parky Queeve. Yeah, maybe at least yeah. that, at least that was something. It was like a oh. point. But, but that was also a football one yeah, because that true. was that yeah. was kind of it. But like I mean, I think I actually think it's worse this year than other years um, Damien because the league doesn't really mean much because there's no relegation does anyone really care about winning this league it just feels to me because of the new the structure of the championship the league now is just a pre-season thing where they're all trying out lads and Galway learnt the lesson of not trying out lads last year Cork are trying out lads Kilkenny Reid are always trying out lads now it's become almost a Kyo Cup kind of thing where you're all building up to this huge championship and now all of a sudden the league is like oh, they're good games you know what I mean they're still good good games enjoyable to watch but does anyone really care about winning it? No I, I'd, I'd agree 100% with you there uh, Colin I think the league at the moment is a complete uh, waste of time um, I think it's it's a, this year in particular I think it's a meaningless competition no one is getting uh, promoted no one is getting relegated and, uh, I can see this in the way that Cork are uh, taking the league you know that they're trying to find a couple of players this year I couldn't agree with you more where you said that uh, Galway 
last year found out at the end of the season that they didn't find enough players in the league and that's what they're doing as well at the moment trying to find players and that's where Carlo will say got stuck into Galway and nearly had a historic win over them where they had the draw which was a, which is a brilliant result for Carlo Hurland uh, reference your no topics on the newspapers and no articles and but I said this before that um, the way it's gone in Hurland is this it's you can't talk to the media anymore. You have to get you have to get uh, you have to get the okay from the manager to, to allow you to talk. And it's like it's like it's gone to a course. Like you know, even last night, uh, Ron Lamarra on the county panel, and we were doing club training last night. And I just I went over just to ask him how things were going, you know. And it was nearly just like, ah, yeah, it's fine, it's going grand. Like, it's nearly <laughs> like they're brainwashed. And yeah. that's the thing, you know. And I've told you this before about when we got to the All Ireland hurling final and. In 2012, uh, I think uh, one of the the sports schools, it could have been yourself, your role, so rang one and would I do an interview? And uh, I done the interview and uh, and basically was asking us, we're Galway training hard and what's the difference about 2012 and 2011 and all this? And I think the more, probably the most controversial thing I said was that we're all training fierce hard and everyone is putting in their effort and everyone's going the one direction. And I got absolutely slated at the, the following training session which is the next day that I give a media interview without getting permission and that's how I just think it's gone too far Colin I said this before I think it's gone too far amateur players try to get as much out and I, then I see what I do see is I see some players then can do as many interviews as they want right some players and then there's other players that aren't getting enough like this and as I said it's an amateur player try to get as much out of it as they can but it's, it's gone to a course it's gone to like you, you cannot speak you cannot tell your parents nearly what training sessions you're doing. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And like last week in the lead up to the hurling match, the, there would be some of the club hurlers who would have been at a launch day and the quotes used to promote that. It's two weeks without really any player interviews in the newspapers or on the websites for hurling. Hmm. That's like I mean the bigger picture here, Michael. Like I mean, it's it's like I'm looking around for news here for us to talk about. People are lo- hurling is losing an opportunity to market itself because, and I spoke with Tom Ryan about this last week. That the director general that something has to be done about this because it's not promoting the game. No, you, you, well, you miss the lads who used to shoot from the hip, like you know. You'd love to hear Tommy Walsh when he's still playing now and doing the interviews like he doesn't. See, he days. didn't do them though no, when he, he was playing. So you see, that's, I suppose, and young lads when you come into a panel, you're nearly petrified, like the scaremongering that goes on. Don't tell the media anything, you know. Like you really are. You go to an interview and it's like, oh, they're a great team and he could write out the exact same interview that oh, 10 lads would write that would say one after another and it is very boring like it, it, but I don't know what's going to change because you don't want to be the lad in the panel that comes in and sort of opens up a can of worms and he's as, as Damien said get eaten by a manager then later yeah. on you know but even like I there's two things there's two parts of this number one to do the interview and not give away secrets like yeah. that goes without saying but now the, there's been no interviews not yeah. even boring ones so yeah. hurling has had no real um, part of the national press in two weeks. Yeah, well, I suppose every you know, and that's lo- you're losing yeah. out there. Yeah, but I know Dublin has a press officer and like she'll ring whatever player is asked, but she has to get the go ahead from Matthew. And I presume it's yeah. the same for the football. I'm sure other counties all have it. Oh, it's definitely the same for the football. Uh, yeah, worry. yeah. So like uh, for media to even get to the players now is so difficult, you know. And yeah. there's no like I'll get his number and give him a ring because lads just won't give an interview. They're petrified, you know. And yeah. Like you know, I, ho- I hope it changes because I love hearing. 
now that you're outside the loop and you know you'd love to hear the goings on of, of most panels but you're not going to you're not going to find out unless I, something bad yeah. you're a bit you're a bit younger than me um, well you are as well Damien but I, I, <laughs> I remember well I started in 98 and I remember up until 2004 yeah we played uh, we played a Leinster semi-final against uh, Mead and I scored a goal in that game and I can remember sitting in the dressing room in Crow Park and a journalist sitting beside me in the dressing yeah. room while I'm in yeah. my tug and he's stuck, <laughs> sticking a, a dictaphone in my face yeah. Damien like I mean uh, well, well it's probably a good thing to lose those days and you get a bit of privacy <laughs> while you're togging in it's gone to a complete other extremes ah, I just think I said, I said uh, Colin, I just think it's gone overboard. Like, I, I, I used to love, would say, especially when you're, you, when you'd be on a Sunday day, I would say, if you weren't training, you might open up one of the papers and you see uh, an exclusive interview, you know, would say on the Irish Independent or whatever, and it could be a two page spread about, you know, one of the elite athletes, uh, would say, a hurler or footballer. And you'd actually sit down and read it, and, you know, you might get uh, interesting comments. But, like, in these interviews, like, what personal, personal details are they given? You know, and, like, I love to read an article about a guy that said, you know, last year I'd only a middle of the season and I knew I needed to improve on my, my striking and my touch. So what I had been doing is I've been living four days inside in the ball ball or the ball alleys and I do an hour striking like this and my uh, my younger brother helps me, he helps strike. But like what? It's like every player is doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's, so, but it's all, what's happening, Colin, is to put it, to put it in a nutshell, they're, we're not allowed we say as players we were not allowed to introduce without getting the okay from the manager mm. like this so what happens is to explain it to people that are listening to this so for example Vincent Hogan rings me up and goes Damien I, I'm going to do an article on next Saturday I was wondering would you like to do an interview with me next Saturday to do a two page spread in Irish Independent like, and then what happens is you go geez, I'd absolutely love to uh, yeah no problem talking. I can come down and meet you which is all part and parcel, and there's a bit of excitement to it. And next thing you go, well, I just have to get the okay. So I do, and then you ring the manager, and then the manager tells you, I think it'd be more in your line now if you just said, uh, concentrating on the hurdle and putting your head down and stay training hard. These lads are not your friends. Uh, these lads are only just, they're only just using their uh, ink on the page and using, they don't care about And that's what happens. That's what happens. So you then have to ring back the guy and say, I'm sorry, I, they don't want me to. And then the, there's the sort of big old guy we don't want to they put you under any scrutiny or get you in trouble and that's no problem thanks a million that's what happens Colin yeah, no, that's what happens in the modern that's what's happening in the modern day, uh, day player whether it's hurling or football he has to get the okay and he rings up his manager and the manager says I think it'd be better if you said all the media right? and that's just to explain it that when people say how do you mean they're not doing interviews that's what happens yeah that's exactly and back in the day the, the journalist would ring you and you do an interview with them and then the day after they might send down a photographer yeah, and they'll sure. take a picture of you <laughs> yeah, like, Column, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good one, and I'm not going to name the player right because I'll absolutely morph by him, right? But we were on route to a Galway match one time. It was actually a, a league game, right? And uh, we rang a certain Galway player, and uh, with the lad that made the phone call was up at the top of the bus, right? And I was down the back of the bus, right? And the lad that took the phone call was in the back row, and he gave a full interview. So he did for 15, 20 minutes before a league match, didn't realizing that it was a prank. So. <laughs> Tw- twice mm, no, you're, you're, wondering, you're wondering how much has interviews changed so yeah, they've de- that day is gone they've definitely changed twice on a Monday after games newspapers have rang me 
and I've given it to somebody else in the pub supporters and they've gone out done the interview and the interview has been on the paper the next day yeah. when it's not me at all like I mean <laughs> this, uh, I, like I mean and, this, and I'd be kind of half worried when I'd wake up with a hangover the next day going and what the hell did they say now and then you read it and they're the, the most thought out brilliant answers you've ever seen and like this fellow was absolutely yeah. drinking here in the pub and he I, they come back in they felt 10 feet tall that they're after doing this interview wow. pretending to be me it was, I tell you when the press officers came in I was delighted because as Dame said like Paul Ryan was an animal for it with our team like he'd ring us non-stop and you just you couldn't trust him like if it was someone genuine you'd be like <laughs> yeah, I'll ring you back just to make sure and let it go to the answer machine you know because lads just got so good at ringing you up and <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you'd trust, be like an Egypt just going you, on for 10 minutes you trust nobody um, when your phone rings we, oh, go on. quickly here lads we'll move on because Owen Cody um, so we know he got man of the match scoring 1-4 against uh, Ballygunner at the weekend so he's back out for his school St. Kieran's and scored 12 points um, in a 15 point win to beat North uh, County Dublin 222 to 110 Jeez, uh, like I mean I'm just thinking of this old code he's only 18 he's yeah. in school he scores 1-4 so he would have gone home after that all in semi-final yeah. and just w- watched the telly and <laughs> ate, ate, ate some crisps and some Coca-Cola Michael like, I mean, a phenomenal talent I like, you know. were, you, were you a star that played school and senior and all that kind of thing I was I, out I, of I, minor I, before I started playing no, senior no I was in sixth year playing senior right. like, but um, at, that, at that stage really, you just can't get enough of everything yeah like, yeah like, you're flying it yeah. playing in like I was playing football in sixth six, six year with football hurling under 21 for for Dublin and then colleges senior with Dublin and then senior with club and 21 with club so it's just relentless yeah. but like you, you loved it and you didn't think ending of it you no. know like and as you say I remember the the, the, the Herald pulling up at the school you know and <laughs> doing me leaving cert and I only played uh, who did we play I played Offaly and I got man to match in Crow Park and I had my physics leaving cert exam the next day <laughs> for this for the, for the yeah, double senior for the senior hurler so I was being forward I had a good game Oh, he snuck out for a few a few points after because physics to me was the right off anyway. Had <laughs> 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 uh, about a hundred phone calls to my mum after, but um, like they were, they were great days. I absolutely loved them, you know. Yeah, I couldn't get enough. But, like, but I got murdered the next morning. That, that, that's the thing, uh, Damien. When we talk about player welfare, we talk about what's good for the lads rather than well. The lads obviously will play as many games as they can. It's more or less people need to look from outside of it, and they're happy to play as many games as they can. But people need to look from the outside and say maybe is that is is that right for them? Um, regarding Cody, is it? Regarding on Cody, yeah. Well, anyone that's playing leaving yeah. cert in his leaving cert playing like at senior club or inter county level. Yeah, well, they, they, he's a, he's a, he's a very very special talent. That guy. I I was listening to the match on the radio, and then I, I went to record it. So we did, and uh, what you call it? Uh, he got a phenomenal goal. That was a real really classy Kilkenny type of goal that he scored the other day. But um, as you were saying, what would he have done? Would say when the match is over, and then he went off playing for his college. But sure, that's the brilliance about these young lads, uh, Colin, that we want to know about and we want to hear about. Like what maybe you know, wouldn't it be a brilliant interview if, if he was allowed to sit down and he could tell that story that he went home and he went and he went met his friends and they were eating burgers and chips and you know <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, but this, you know it's, it's just it's good, it's good reading, reading and it's enjoyable like and, and who's it called you're wondering about player welfare like he's there now with Bally Hill right and he's an opportunity to win a club at Ireland he's going to Co Park obviously he's going to play uh, you know, I, even if a lad said, "Oh, what about your player welfare?" It's not, but like, it's, I just think it's brilliant. The young lad comes on the scene and 
He just he's not interested in gyms and gym no. programs and eating protein. He, which is just it's a breath here. I remember when I was younger, younger column, right? And I, I just came into my head when you were telling that story. And I went to mass and I met a friend of mine after mass. So just, and the two of us went off and we got a big fry. So we just. Uh, before a club championship match, and no, we didn't. We think two hoots about it, right? Off at the Friday night, played the club game. I think I scored two four in the club game, and you just headed home, and then you went out that night, and that was it. Well, now it's all about eating, sleeping, dieting. You're you have to eat enough, drink enough. Now you have to do urine samples before to test to see your sugar levels. Now you have to eat properly. There's food being sent to lads, workplaces. The whole thing is just on a full circle, and the whole thing is I always ask is. As much as you love being an intercounty player, has a little bit of the enjoyment got over. That just has a little bit of the enjoyment got over, and I think it has. Well, if you I can't, think if you can't have a fry the morning of a match, Mick, <laughs> Mick, Mick O'Dwyer was a big fan of the fry. Like we tried to talk Mick around. Like we'd oh, yeah. stop in the Red Cow hotel the morning of a big match in Crow Park and always have a fry really? and then towards his last year we had said like Jesus every other county's on nutritional plans yeah. and he didn't like this at all but <laughs> I remember reading Tomas and Daryl O'Shea before all of their All-Irelands did have right. a fry it was just yeah. a Kerry thing you get that you get that into you Sure, Colin, do you remember I told you the story about uh, we, when we, uh, the first year of 2012 we played UCD up in UCD and we came back down to some hotel in Clare like this, and sure, they probably put on a full spread in there, uh, and then they gave us apple tart and ice cream. And sure, every one of us had apple. And next thing, the management told us that that was a test, that that was to see who eats it. Did you ever hear such rubbish in all your life? Honest to God, <laughs> just, we had a slice of apple tart and ice cream. Jeez, it wasn't going to kill the body, like you know, yeah. after doing the training. But th- this was a test. And we all failed the test. <laughs> That's brilliant. Jeez, I would have failed it, isn't well, it? <laughs> well, I, I would have failed on the height of Guinness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's going to get one for us? There's always that thing. But but, sorry, I remember Alan McCrabb got... Colin as well, just to, t- just to tell you, right, and I, I'm not going to mention the lad's name as well, right, but just down here in Clare, right, he was saying to me, and this is a couple of years ago, right, so you probably put two and two together who the manager was, right, but if they were going out on a night in Innes, right, they would pur- if they weren't drinking, they purposely would drink something like Seven Up or Orange, right? They were afraid to drink anything like, we'll say, Luke said or um, Sidona, for fear that it got back to the manager that they were drinking cider. Yeah, you know, just like it was just gone that serious. Like there was, mm-hmm. you know, often yeah, there has to be the whole thing of, of trust. You know, but like the, you wouldn't drink a Sidona or a Luke said for fear that it got back to geez, your man was drinking cider there last night. You know, so I just mm-hmm. I do think sometimes it goes a little bit too far, but. Because uh, when you're playing with the county, it's meant to be the most enjoyable. You're, you're one of the elite players. You're meant to enjoy it last. So, and it's <laughs> no, I was going to say, I remember Alan McCrabb before. Like, he got an all-star with us and his first all-star with Dublin in a long time. But sure, he had a curry every night before a big match, big championship match, a full curry. And like, if the dietitians heard about that, they can kill him, you yeah. know. But sure, it, what works for you works for you. Well, that's it. John like, Milan's on record for saying, he said it actually on the Sports Show Live, that he'd have a fish and chip and a can of Coke the night before yeah. uh, championship matches. And it did, him, <laughs> did him no harm. No, you didn't. wouldn't see a livelier player than that. Yeah. Lad. It's like he's after taking speed or sure, something. He used to hate the past and the chicken. We weren't leaving a little sauce in my last few years like you know yeah. just sitting there well, there's, going there's an argument to say if you're happy you play better exactly. if, you're, if you're forcing past, past into yeah. you and you're like thinking this is disgusting yeah. like I mean yeah. while it might be better for your fuel for your body yeah. psychologically yeah. if you're not happy like the morning yeah. of Colin, a game we, we, Colin we played Dublin right Mike, Mike, we played Dublin in 2012 in a relegation 
uh, final yeah. that we did in Port Leash. Can you remember that? Yeah, Michael? I do indeed, yeah. Yeah, right. And we met up in the slow, so we did in one of the hotels, and there was all pasta, dry pasta, and there was dry chicken. Oh, there was uh, this water with uh, drop of sugar put in it all. Was, so and we were all coming up, and I just, at this stage now, I just said, I've enough of this, I'm not going. So I walked straight up to one of the girls, and I was at the, that was doing one of the waitress, and I just goes, Would you ever mind uh, doing me a favour? I says, I says, You wouldn't get it as a pot of tea, I says, uh, Would you ever bring me down six or seven slices of brown bread? Like this, so all the lads were eating their pasta, and I I ate brown bread and tea, and I went out and I got man in the match. So, uh, so I ate brown bread anymore after that. <laughs> yeah, that, well, look, it is. I think it's whatever works. But anyways, there's obviously you can't have everybody doing their own thing, yeah. like as a manager, or else what are you going to have? Yeah. But definitely, definitely, if if you're at a stage where you're forcing food and yeah. hating it, I don't. That's definitely not good for anybody. No. I think it was Wayne Rooney. I was listening to an interview where they might have pasta at 9am or whatever for an away game and you're, it's like medicine trying to eat it yeah. at that time yeah. I don't know like I mean the, I think if you're eating well the week of the game I'm not sure oh, look to be honest with you it's I'm not a nutritionist so like I mean my, 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 my opinion on it was all in moderation yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly anyways come here John Myler is talking about 4G pitches lads so this is on the back of Porky Cueve obviously and the state that that's in and everything like that and he's saying that 4G pitches if they were built everywhere as distinct from grass pitches he says that's a huge strategic decision to be made by the GA but looking at the two matches in Turnless and Parnell Park there's a lot to be said for 4G pitches so he's talking about the game the club all Ireland's mm-hmm. and we know Ballygunner had a had a ball kind of stick in the mud a little bit when he had a chance and I'm wondering is that the future for 4G pitches where you never have to worry Michael about the weather but are you losing something there because like winter hurling is a, a almost a distinct brand of hurling in its own there's rooks you need the big arse to be able to push lads out of the yeah. way and there's a huge skill in protecting the ball and getting it down in a rook and getting it up in your hand like you'd lose all you'd lose all that with if you were to go with perfect pitches yeah. all year round what do you think I prefer I always prefer a natural pitch like well, probably from a defender's point of view it's a bit easier as well you catch a few lads but um, as you say it's a different hurling different type of hurling it gets lads fighting for each other and obviously it's not as pretty to look at but you get that battle mentality in and it's a different sort of excitement you know who's going to come out on top of these little rooks and yeah. I'd always enjoy it and obviously the quality of hurling does suffer a bit because it's not it's not going to be as fast but it's early in the season as well and I, 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 I'd be all for just keeping it natural but obviously pitches can't be in the state of the air at the moment you know it has, has to be in moderation yeah I think the 4G pitches now Damien are almost natural like I mean it's hard yeah. to tell the difference like yeah. you wear mouldies on them and there's a bit of give in them they're not like an astroturf mm. like an old tennis yeah, court that we used to play with that you your know, groins you, yeah you, you, <laughs> You'd rip yeah, the knees off well, of you. Yeah, well, Conor, I'd be the opposite now to Michael. I'd be all for them. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be all for it with John Miller. I said this actually in the last year's show. That I, I just think this when it goes to early in the season that these 4G pitches, like as you said, it's it's not far off the same condition as Crow Park, right? And I just think it would, you would be getting a better brand of hurling. You're getting a faster hurling. You're getting way livelier. I think you'd be getting more scores. I can see Michael's point. About, I think every county board, every county should have one 4D pitch, and I think it would improve. I think it would improve games. Like you, example, and we all know in Galway Club Hurling, we play two games in April. We won't play another game till the month of September, uh, which is around the middle of September, and the, the conditions have just changed. So mm. I can see your point, but I would be all for what John Myler is saying 
with a, a 4G pitch and I think it's something that county boards should be made looking to, to see if they try and improve and with a 4G pitch as well Colm if you had a 4G pitch you could play you could play six or seven matches a day on it you know for oh, example yeah. on yeah. Sunday yeah. so, so I was John Minor just I would be all for it. We trained last night, for example, with the club and we trained on Astro, where, for example, last Wednesday we trained on the pitch and the difference in the two training sessions was just incredible. Yeah. Last night's training session was so enjoyable, right, where it was all hurling and it was all ball and it was really fast, where <laughs> Wednesday week ago it was all slogging and <laughs> in the dog and the dirt. And the, you know, so, yeah, I'd be all for 40 pitches. I would love to see something like that coming in. And that's, and that's the thing. And like I suppose even another thing is just jumping into my mind. Like you could actually warm up on it and poke around on it. Because, you know, like if a team warms up on the most the important pitch, like you <laughs> yeah. see all the lines that they're yeah. running from the tw- from the end line oh, out to yeah. the 21 and it's destroyed. Like well, they stop it. you now normally. There's oh, a little yeah. side pitch somewhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to go tri- warm up in the dark there yeah. just to... So like it, w- it actually would... Yeah. Solve a lot of problems. I know. Fin- I don't know financially how much, but it's definitely yeah. a clear distinction between what a back wants and what oh, a forward yeah. wants in this. In this <laughs> Come here. I'm going to make you feel very old here, Michael. Before yeah. we get into talking, uh, talking to Joe Quaid, John Herriton. Uh, have I pronounced that right? I haven't. John Hederton. Yeah, Hederton. Hederton, is yeah. it right? John Hederton. Oh, geez, I definitely would have had that yeah. pronounced wrong. So he had an interview on GA.ie. He's son of Kieran who's a huge uh, figure in the Dublin game. So John carried the water in spare hurleys during the 2011 um, league win and 2013 Leinster win when, when you were playing. And he was also like carrying him around water by him, yeah. whatever. So he, was the, he wasn't a manager's son because that was obviously... Anthony no, Hedro was a selector. Oh, he was a selector. Yeah, with, so with, with, with Dale there for a few years. So. I, I always think about when, like, when we were back minors, Gabriel Lawler was the, our manager and his son Paul... <laughs> used to kick the ball out for us he was only a little whippersnapper and then I ended up playing with, Le- with him for Leash <laughs> yeah. and his daughter Tracy Lawler used to kick the ball out she was a whippersnapper yeah. as well and she ended up being a brilliant footballer for Leash as well and Kieran Lillis used to kick the balls back out for us in 99 he was our mascot going out in the county final yeah. he plays midfield for Leash and I won county title with him it's weird isn't it that I don't know is it good practice these young people are getting I think the percentage of people who are maybe it's just exposure to a high performance uh, yeah. environment at a young age. I remember young John Hedro um training all the time poking balls non-stop like, so I think he's just around that environment and for so long and, and he was a big young flip back then and he's, he's massive now he's a grown man and like he's about 6'3 now but he's really coming right. to his own this year and last year in the club championship he was excellent but they have such a unique history in the family like Hedro and John are both Vincent's or Hedro the dad Kieran Senior is, is Kieran's and then the man Patsy who's huge in Camogie involved in Vincent's and John are with Vincent like, so they're Vincent's Kieran's so uh, Kieran has two two sons with Kieran's right John's two brothers and John is with Vincent so they're constantly playing against her in championship really now. and then the sister made her debut for the uh, Dublin footballers ladies Dublin footballers two weeks ago and she plays with Clontarf so, so they're well spread out so the, Dublin. the three children are playing with different clubs two clubs yes you have two brothers with Craig Kieran and then one brother with Vincent's that's bizarre and the mum is Vincent's and the dad is Kieran's <laughs> There's a big rivalry there, you know. That's a very unique kid. Very unique. Like the, the, I think so the father needs to be putting his foot down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, 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 Patsy, no, I wouldn't cross Patsy well, either. No, like, well, so. Okay, or the mother needs to put <laughs> the foot down. Yeah, One yeah. of the two of them. Yeah, well, Vincent are doing better at the moment, so I suppose. Now, look, they're, they're, they're well grown up, the lads now, so they're, they're made, their minds are made up. There's no change at the moment. Yeah. But um, it's very unique. Like, you know, Definitely they have is. To, 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 to two, three siblings all with different clubs. Yeah, I've never heard. That wouldn't happen in Port Humda, Damien. <laughs> Oh, by Gina, wouldn't happen. <laughs> 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 
What about ever a mascot or poking the balls back out when you were younger? I was never a mascot, but yeah, I poked, I poked the world of balls back out to the lads. I did when they'd be hitting balls over the bar, when my own brothers would be shooting balls over the bar. I think, I think any J family column. I think this happens in every GA pitch all over the country. If you have a brother that's, you know, going down poking balls, the the younger brother or the younger sister tags along and uh, he pokes the ball back out. And it's like having this great training for them because they also see. And uh, there's a saying up our way, example is powerful. And it's what they see is what they do, you know. And you're speaking about all the leash younger footballers that end up playing with you and they're poking balls out. That, that's that's what it's all about. As I said, they're the small things and they're, they, that's what's meant to make the GA really, really brilliant and really good. So, yeah. uh, And it's just the small things. Like, uh, they were old training sessions, Colm, and now it's gone all so, so scientific now and everything. But what was wrong with it? Yeah. I wonder, does it happen now? Yeah, would we complain I, about it, that it now? Does, that it, do, it does happen because I tell you, and I said this as well, I, Claire and I and Aina we, we'd only won the lad at the time we were down in Kerry I told you this and they, Kerry were after drawing the match to uh, Cork if you remember three four years ago um, in the Munster Munster final and uh, I was mad going to see Kerry training and uh, Anna did more the lads beat the gate open and we're driving by so I drove in and I got the last 10 minutes of training and uh, all they were doing was kicking ball to hand kicking ball to hand and next thing he blew the whistle and next thing he just started on kicking over the bar it was so simple it was no different to probably what any junior football club team would be doing or, but you just think it's all scientific so keeping there's nothing wrong with keeping it simple but what was wrong with kicking balls over the bar and, and we say the selectors gym that's kicking the ball back out is not a bit so no. I, uh, I often say it's got a little bit too serious and too scientific but uh, no, that's, that's, I, that's a great thing about the GA you can go down to the pitch and there'll always be some young lads down the pitch and you poke the balls back out there exactly exactly long may it, long may it continue right we'll come back here with Joe Quaid I'd never be allowed to go off and eat and have a shite like him and you know, a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered on the way in there I threw the ball up in there I don't know it was, it was pure luck no fairness pure luck I put fucking bullshit as you see yourselves Alright, so Westmead have won their first two games in Division 2A and their new manager Joe Quaid joins us on the line. Now Joe, you'll be happy enough with that start. Two wins, one away to Kerry, a Kyo Cup against Antrim. All is good. Rosie in the garden. Um, I suppose from the outside looking in you'd say that, but look, we we haven't been happy with our performances so far. What we've been very happy with is the spirit in the team and I suppose the Kyo Cup final, we were down five or six points, came back to draw and winning penalties and the same below and carry um, I think 10-12 minutes ago we were 6 points down uh, came back went up 3 conceded a goal to level it and went down and had, uh, had the guile to manufacture 2 more points to win so I suppose from our perspective it's a work in progress but uh, I'd much prefer to be winning matches the way we are than uh, having good performances and losing. Yeah. So we're happy out. Yeah, I suppose dig- digging out results, especially at this time of the year, we're only at the start of February, that's nearly a better quality than maybe silky hurling, which hopefully will come for the Joe McDonough when the, when the ground is better. Yeah, look, I saw reports on the paper from last year and the year before. I think there was people saying that these guys are suited to summer hurling, but 
that's no good when when you're trying to get out of Division Two A. Um, and to the one thing I questioned the lads are were they up for the fight uh, for the league because. As I said, men men win leagues. Boys can possibly win championships, but uh, boys don't win leagues. And uh, look, to be fair, um, I questioned them, and uh, they've come back and given me the two fingers at times to say, <laughs> "Yeah, we're up for it." And look, that's that's what I want out of them guys. We we are there to get the best out of them. Yeah, I was reading after the Antrim win in the Kyo Cup. You said the most pleasing a- aspect is we use so many subs. Each one of them made a contribution. That's what we're about at the moment, trying to build a panel. And I'm just wondering, is that something you're focusing on and something you identified that Westmead maybe had the same first 15 a little bit too much? Yeah, look, just the one thing, I, I, I don't dwell on the past too much for the simple reason is we're trying to bring, come in and bring in our own stamp. Now, would I have liked to have had more challenge matches with the lads um, on the periphery and that that we didn't know about? Yes, but... We didn't have the opportunity between club championships going on, injuries and things like that. We hadn't our full panel together. Um, we still probably haven't it together. They're still lads kind of just coming back from injury. So it gave us the opportunity during the Kill Cup, during the league, um, to to try out lads. Uh, is it ideal? Not from a winning point of view, but has it done us any harm? No. And what it has done is it, it has kept the competition for places on the 26th. Uh, I suppose firstly uh, hot and and definitely to get on the team we've probably made an average three or four changes every match to the start in 15 um, some of it's tactical some of it's based on form and what we try to do is when we pick a team every Wednesday night is whoever's holding best that week um, gets the night and Hopefully, it's it's going to continue that way. It's it's usually difficult in the weaker counties in that you'll get your first fifteen out, and then there might be a drop down to the fellas that come on. Do you know what I mean? And um, you see it in in lots of counties, even in clubs, they'll kind of have that fifteen, and then um, you know, I don't know if there's challenges for that in Westmead, or you have maybe the numbers that you can get that panel. Well, I suppose it's Westmead to me probably when we came in was perceived as a weaker county to me it's not like they've put it up to the likes of Tip they've put it up to Limerick they've put it up to Wexford look what Carlow did to Galway last weekend yeah. do you know so it's, it's it's probably the perception that is the biggest problem and the mindset and and I think that definitely was within West Needs and it's something that we are trying to change is that they are good enough. The talent that's there is every bit as good as in every county. I've watched Limerick player tip training sessions, the training that's been done and the intensity that the players and the, the coaches bring to it is every bit as good as that. So I think a lot of it is belief. You see Clankill put it up to Belly Borden, probably should have beaten them in the Leinster Club Championship. And Clankill, Raharney, Castletown, you have a lot of teams in in Westmead that are of the same standard of of Clankill. And look, that bodes well. But I think what I'm trying to do is change the mindset of poor us, the weaker counties. It's, yeah. It doesn't wash with me because I see the talent that's there and mm-hmm. I see the work that's being put in at, at club level and at county board level to backing the whole thing and to be fair I, I've come across awkward county boards in my time but to be fair to the board there um, they're doing everything to help us as well so it's basically to get 
get the mindset into the players that look, we're no longer a weaker county, that we're there to compete, that holders there as good as anything in the in the country. Um, but we just need to get the mindset and get the belief into them to perform. Yeah, well, that's definitely a good message. And I'm sure, like, Carlo are your rivals, but I'm sure that result against Galway did your message no harm either. Like, you just even referenced it there. Absolutely. And, look, even the three years I had with Kildare, um, we were punching above our weight, people thought. But, again, this go back to our mindset. We knew we won no league match last year and with Kildare and I came out of Rice Lip after we relegated and I told the chairman we were going to win the Christie Ring and we did um, do you know because I knew I was getting into the mindset of lads and that's what we need to do if if you think you're good enough you're good enough if if you don't think you're good enough even if you are good enough you'll never be good enough Yeah. Um, but that's what we need to do and holding needs the Carlos the Westmeads the Kildare's um, these lads coming up like you know they're, they're all about tradition tradition had to be started somewhere so we're hoping that we get Westmead up to where it belongs and drive it on from there and look that's that's all we, we can try and do is just bring that bit of belief into the lads Is the in a way there's a little bit of pressure on you in that Westmead got to the league final and lost to Carlo and got to the Joe McDonough Cup final and lost to Carlo so to improve on last year you have to win both of them um, I disagree and when I was interviewed for the job I actually made it clear that success to me this year wouldn't be judged on improving on two results from last year because what we are trying to do is bring in a, a mindset which I've just spoken about um, winning one of them or winning both of them won't necessarily change the mindset it has changed it in Carlo to be fair um, from their result but that's what we need to get into as need Yes, is it overall term in there? Is it vital that we get up and compete up there? Yeah, but I don't want, or there's no purpose on, in winning 2A and winning the Joe McDonough if you're not ready to compete at Division 1 and Lee McCarthy level. So what we're trying to do is get get these lads ready to compete. Whether it takes a year, two years, um so be it and that's that's the message I brought when I was interviewed for the job um, if you're looking for a quick fix just for a, an initial victory to go up and down I said you have the wrong man for the job I said we're there to build uh, and instill a culture into the lads as I said earlier on that they are good they are as good as anything else that's out there and it's going to take time to do that Look, I'm as competitive as the next one. If there's two dogs running up the street, I'd be back in one of them to win it. <laughs> um, do you know? So every match I go out in, I want to win. I don't care whether it's a match, a challenge match. Just I'm taking one of the teams at training, or whether it's a Q Cup match, a league match, or a McDonough match. I want to win every match. But the most important thing is that we get the ethos. And, and the belief into these lads. Look, we'll be there for a period of time. I, I want Westmead Holland to be absolutely flourishing whenever we go that they're at the top level. I'm not in it for a quick fix for me to turn around and say, I won a McDonald, I won a league. There's no point if it's not for the long-term benefit of the county.
Right, okay, so you're in it, like, I mean, it looks like you've a, a long-term plan and would that kind of incorporate the underage structures in the county and like you said, when Westmead get up, because you were well known for bringing young fellas into the Kildare um, uh, senior panel and, and giving them games, is that what you're talking about, that when Westmead go up they have enough players coming through the ranks and that the underage structures improved and you're looking at a whole holistic kind of view to Westmead hurling? Yeah, look, it's... it's uh... It's the buzzword at the moment, what do you guys call this holistic approach is, and everything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, Johnny Greville is in with us as well. Johnny's over the, the under 20s, so there's a, a close tie between both there. We've had lads in, we've played challenge matches against the 20s. Um, you know, so that's where we want to see. We want to see development of lads. We've left lads go off of the senior panel to go back to the twenties for the year, so that they're not getting swallowed up in the system. We give them a taste of it, of what's expected. And to be fair, Johnny Johnny's levels of professionalism and everything are every bit as good, if not better, than mine. So you know, we've we've a really tight working bunch in there. Uh, Brendan Morta is in as a selector with four of us as well so there's good continuity there um, and that's what we want we want the under 20s to be a feeder a feeder squad for the for the seniors and look you see the, the age profile of Limerick the lads this year that are last year that won the All-Ireland it's, it's a young team yeah um, and, and one of the reasons that they're as good as they are is belief Camaro, we'll just talk to you about the style of hurling because you know now it's in vogue with Cork and Limerick and it's these short stick passes and it's getting it far out the field and then it's giving good ball in. Just wondering, and I, geez, I don't want to say weaker counties now with the message you're giving, um, just say down, down the divisions, say, for example, where the skill levels wouldn't be as high. Is that style of play possible or do you have to depend on maybe the more traditional style and, and get it on in long? Look, you'll you'll win nothing with with one style of play. We've we've been working on the different styles of play. What you've got to remember, Uli, is you uh, last year, this time last year, and even the year before, I was at Limerick matches, and their style of play it broke down time after time after time, and you could hear in the stands the cursing and swearing and would you drive it and yeah. all that. But the one thing that John Kiley and Paul Kinnock did was. And the players, they believed in the system. They believed in their strengths and what worked for them. And they kept at it and kept at it and kept at it until they perfected it. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's an effective style. But I think Seamus Flanagan summed it up there um, just before Christmas, I think, um, when he did an interview. And he was on about teams will know they'll drop sweepers. But he said they can drop a sweeper, they can drop two sweepers. But no one will beat work rate. And... You can have all the systems in the world, but if if you haven't a team that's willing to work hard, then it has to be everybody. Yeah. If one person lets it down, the whole thing goes to pot. Um, and to me, it's work rate and, and desire and a passion for the game. I, I think Hulling has never been in a better place. Um, I think the powers of beer are still trying to tinker with it because they changed the rules of football. They're trying to change the rules. Um, it, it doesn't need changing, I think. Um, but definitely, if you're going to if you're going to stick with a style of play, you got to stick with it. Nothing. There's no team in the country that's skillful that they can just 
decide in a style of play and it's going to work within a week, two weeks, two months. It's it's a work in progress and squads have to get used to each other and they've got to get used to each other's nuances and and funny ways and things, you know. Yeah. Um, it's the same with any team. If you look at the Dublin footballers, they know each other inside out. Jim brings in a few um, new every year and but they adapt into the system. Exactly, exactly. Come here, I was reading that there was seven candidates interviewed for the Westmead job. I think it was narrowed down to five. So you must have done a good interview. And I was talking to John Mohan recently there. He he was talking about the Offaly job and the kind of standards required for inter-county management interviews now. So, like, I mean, you've obviously gone through that uh, process and beaten another five candidates. Um, how do you find the whole inter-county interview process? Look, I suppose it's whatever the the panel were looking for. I don't know. I was I was me. I didn't change the way I was. Um, you know, there was obviously other other excellent candidates in for the job as well. Um, but I was me at the interview. I brought across what I wanted to do, the passion um, that I have for the game. I suppose I haven't a bad record. Um, at management level either I think yeah you haven't and you've you've, you've kind of served your dues haven't you you're with the Limerick Camogie team oh, did, ver- did very well with them you've done very well with Kildare and this is the next step up like you're not you're you're definitely taking it step by step in your managerial career aren't you absolutely look I took over the Keen Inches group at under 14 level um, you know <sighs> I had them from 14s we won the, the All-Ireland Shield the 15s we won the All-Ireland A16s I took over the Camogie we won the Intermediate All-Ireland with them we involved with the Minors with them the Juniors we went to Kildare we won a Kyo Cup and a Christie Ring we have a Kyo Cup one already with there so as I say maybe a lucky general <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but uh, look I, I love winning you know, and everybody doubts themselves along and we've often doubted ourselves but the one thing I pride myself in is putting good background teams together. Um yeah, I get I get the praise when we win, I get the abuse when we lose, but it's it's a lot more than a manager, it's putting a really good backroom team together that have a one vision and the one thing I've never stood for since I've taken over teams is anybody in the setup, be it players or management or anybody with agendas. Everybody has to be rowing in the same direction and, and that's all I want. Is it's once you've got that you you're in with a fighting chance. Yes, there's a lot of hard work goes into it. There's a lot of time goes into it. But as you said there I've I started at the bottom and and I'm working my way up. Um I'm trying any time team I wish will give get everything that I have Yeah I'm trying to think like it, it obviously is a skill picking a good management team I see you have uh, Willie Banks as goalkeeping coach when I read that it says Jesus Joe could do that himself but like I mean if you're the manager I you can't have a clue. <laughs> but if you're the manager I you can't be I wouldn't have a clue how to coach goalies <laughs> I never got goalkeeping coaching in my life right. I've gone to courses that Willie has and I've basically been standing in them. He said, how'd you do that? And I went to Willie, I haven't a feckin' clue. <laughs> and then he go, break it down. And then I figured it out. Right. I, yeah. I often say, Willie, if I had him as goalkeeping coach, they wouldn't have needed nets. 
<laughs> so it's actually being able to, like you just know how to do it rather than how to teach somebody to do it. But that's even the thing. If you were a goalkeeping coach, you'd be wasting your time with the goalkeepers when something else is going on. So the manager can't really, you know, be in the... You doing can't it. do both. You Listen, can't do you both. You can't coach and manage. Yeah. What I do is, uh, I, I talk to my coaches. Shane O'Brien from Dublin now has been with me with Kildare last year. Is, is there again? I've Johnny Greville, Brenda Motta. I just tell the lads my vision for it. We, it's not just mine. We all sit down. It's a collective effort. Even with picking teams, we all have our say in it. If I'm outnumbered and selection, I go with that. Now, the one thing I don't want is yes men, and I've never had them within a management team. If someone disagrees with me, I'll take it on board. Yeah. It's, it's to get the proper people in. As I said, I go back to the game with you. It's people with no agendas. Yeah. If you have someone inside in a setup with an agenda that they want this fella, they want that fella, it's it just doesn't wash with me. As I said, I'll remove anybody from a setup that's bringing the thing down. And I've often said, if it was me that was bringing it down, I'd walk away from it myself. Yeah. I love managing teams. I love managing management teams because I love playing the game. And it only for people, I suppose, taking the time out to train me, to coach me, to manage me down through the years, I wouldn't have achieved what I did out of the game or enjoyed what I did out of the game. That's why I'm in it. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, a mercenary that goes around from club to club to club. Um, it, it, I, I enjoy managing at as high a level as I can. And as you said, I've, I've done my time. I did underage in Limerick. I did the Camogie in Limerick. I did Kildare, and now I'm going on to Westmead. Yeah. So if you if you if you play if you play your cards right, you might get the least job then next. That's the next natural progression for <laughs> for you, Joe. Well, to be fair to them, they didn't want me this year, and uh, so. Bro, you were um, you were in for that. Well, the rumour has it. <laughs> <laughs> well, come here, you're not getting it easy anyways because you have Kerry and Antrim away. Antrim's up next and that's a way game as well. They're the two diff- most difficult games. So that's really, for a lot of people looking from the outside, that's the big one to see who'll top that group. But, like, I mean, it's not the be-all and end-all because it's the top two obviously going to the final anyway. Absolutely. Look, I suppose anybody that would have looked at it and, and that's not writing off any of the rest of the teams because... There, there will be shocks in this league. It's it's probably as it's probably more competitive league nearly than Division One B, because there's such probably a gulf at times between the top teams in One B and the bottom teams. Um, although Carlo actually made sure to that uh, that theory the last day, but it's it's really competitive. Like Westmead have been in this division I think for the last four years and haven't got out of it. Um, I think Kerry were up and down. Antrim are up and down like I think the bookies have us favourites to come out of it but like you're dealing with a Kerry team and an Antrim team that over the last couple of years have both played in Division 1B yeah. whereas Westmead haven't so I wouldn't be reading too much into the bookies side of it it's it's going to be a battle the same as the long Kerry was as a player or a manager going to Belfast or further up has never been easy um, they're really passionate Holland people in Antrim and we are expecting nothing only an absolute ding-dong battle on, on Sunday yeah. um, I suppose it, it's more important for Antrim than ourselves because they've lost one already but if they beat us on Sunday both ourselves Kerry and Antrim have lost one and if you go to score on difference if everybody else 
if they win the rest of the matches. So it's it's really tight and it's a it's a really vital match for both teams. Yeah, no, it definitely is. So best of luck in it, um, Joe, and we might talk to you later on during the year. No problem at all. Thanks for the call, Rudy. A lot of people do say, what do you love about hunting? They do say. Uh, is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the thrill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, Paddy Power predictions, lads, and we're going to start with Galway and Dublin because let's be honest, we haven't had Galway, Dublin, and Waterford play each other in Division One B. Mm-hmm. It's been all very predictable yeah. so far. And look, Carlo, obviously the story coming out of a drawn with Galway, and that's fantastic. But we've been waiting for a big, a big clash, and this is a big clash. Galway, according to Paddy Power, one to three favourites. I'm not sure I'd have them at that based on the experimentation they're doing yeah. and Dublin are 11-4 to four outsiders in Pierce Stadium obviously which is difficult to go this is the deferred game on TG Cahar on Sunday like I mean Patrick Mannion's talking uh, I was reading a quote he was actually the only person I saw in the last two weeks and he, he was talking about the rivalry and there was a big row obviously in the <laughs> in the 7s or the 11s or whatever that nonsense yeah. is goes over in Boston and he, he's talking he's trying to play down this rivalry um, he says it was just like one one of those games where, everything, where everyone was kind of playing on the edge it didn't take much to send it over the edge has there been a rivalry between Dublin and Galway since Galway came down into Leinster Championship or has it turned a bit more serious since that Boston thing or is there too much being read into it I think there's a bit of a needle there to be honest with you uh, you sort of feel it when you're like I, I felt to playing against them and then now that I'm outside and you're going to games you sort of feel it when they're meeting each other there's a little bit of a needle there right. I don't think there's anything to do with Boston I just think you're meeting each other now more in the league and in the championship and it's competitive now or it used to be a bit of a walk over to, for, towards Galway for a few years there but like we bet them in t- 2013 the Leinster final and then I remember drawing the game in 15 and then getting spanked by, Gal- by Galway in the replay and it's, it's sort of been Galway since then so I, I, I think I fancy Dublin this weekend but I think Galway are going to be missing a few lads with Thomas's in the final and then Aaron Moore winning the intermediate final last week I'm not sure if them players be back so I think I, I think Galway are going to be depleted and they're cha- tra- changing their team quite a bit whereas Dublin have a very strong team out Sunday so I think I think they're going to they're going to do it on Sunday right at, at 11 to 4 what do yeah. you think Damien since like did you notice that big thing when you started joining the Leinster Championship I, that I, have, I, I never never seen any rivalry between the two teams I just, really two teams you, yeah I, I would have seen more rivalry with Galway and Kilkenny just being, being straight with you you know but mm. I used to never see much of a rivalry between us we just when we used to play obviously it was very very competitive but uh, just when Michael is there um, uh, Colm just what is Dublin's uh, expectations this year you know I, I've, I've heard now last year and the year before that Dublin are coming and uh, you know they're doing great things up there and all this but just like last year you take all Dublin beat last year was awfully yeah. technically yeah I know, you know so, um, and, and they came and they came very close to beating Kikinian they came very close to Wexford. beating Wexford and yeah. all, all this sort of stuff but, but what, are the expect- what, what are the expectations for Dublin this year or what is a good year for Dublin in hurling circles now that, that's just a question because like in Galway, Galway are seen as they'll be tipped for maybe winning all Ireland or they'll be there and thereabouts, mm. there and thereabouts or then to see Galway maybe they should win Leinster even though I said I reckon they continue to win Leinster what is a good year for Dublin hurling this year and what are the expectations just a question for for Dublin hurling 
I think I, I, I think with Matty knowing Matty from what seen him with the club and seen him with Kula he's, he's going to be going all out to win I think Damien this year like not, not, not all Ireland necessarily but winning one or two big games in the championship isn't going to be enough for him like last year they had a young panel who did quite well and they were just piffed by Kenny Wexford and Galway but Galway was a bit dead rubber by then so it didn't really matter Um I think they're going to really challenge in the league and see where they're at. And then in Championship, I think he's going to be eyeing up Leinster. Like, uh, straight away, that's that's the first big, big... Uh, to make a Leinster final. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you want to get back at the top, top, top of the table. And at the moment, they're just... Uh, uh, they're moral victories at the moment. Oh, they're nearly being, they're, near, they're getting there against Kilkenyan, which isn't good enough for this panel because they're, they're really good hurling side. And I think they can take lows from Limerick last year because they're not far off Limerick. And when you see what Limerick came from nowhere and won it... Like if Dublin can manage to get an All-Ireland you could see a number of All-Irelands in them because the panel is so good and the young lads are really good hurlers but it's just that bit of composure and confidence that they lacked last year because they are good enough hurlers to be competing at the top And, and, and judging by Dublin's team in the league so far like he's he's kind of settling on his yeah, team no, nearly he is, isn't no, he definitely like, and you have Connell who hasn't I don't think he's made up his mind yet but I, I, he'll I'd be fa- back I'd fancy him to come back yeah. and you have Mark Shute who's come back and I've seen him Shute, there recently yeah. the size of him from coming back from the footballers He's going to be a huge plus there. And then you find the likes of Hedges coming into, into his own and, and then Paul Ryan's coming back. And like, I just Up front, are, yeah, is your ha- defence settling down here? You had, you had Nolan no, and Goals, you had O'Callaghan, you had Owen O'Donnell and you had uh, is it Paddy, Paddy, Paddy Smith. Smith. Then you had Crummy Moran and Barrett. Which has is a really good half-back half back line. Big and, fellas. And I always said the midfield is the problem, Willie. And now you have Darrell O'Connell there from Cooler's back now. Yeah. He's a huge player. Like He's really, he's box to box and he, he's an exceptional hurler and he's great vision so he's going to add so much to this Dublin panel and then when you add the likes of Connell and and um, Mark back then and Paul back like it's a really really strong Dublin team it is know? so is that full forward line is like I mean Burke scored 6 points yeah. last time Rush be full fine. forward is O'Rourke scored 2-3 would that be the full forward line no I, I, I don't think O'Rourke will be in there I think Paul Ryan will come in right. and, and, and for freeze alone he's just so accurate like you know and you just need him because if you're going to get fouls you just can't miss him and does Ryan take freeze ahead of Tracy yeah, yeah he if, will if I, I, I would like, he likes to call himself Radar he thinks he's that accurate Radar Ryan <laughs> yeah, that's what, he's trying to start his own nickname for a while oh, well, you can't do that <laughs> not a chance <laughs> um, but uh, no he's an exceptional free taker and um, I'd, I'd have him in there now Tracy's a great great free taker as well but um, I, think, I think Paul would just pip him in Dublin so the Saturday night game it's on Air Sport and on RTE Cork and Clare um, Paddy Power have this Cork slide outsiders 11 to 10 uh, Clare 10 to 11 and Damien you're our Clare correspondent um, here with Al Hayes Motors down in, in Ennis so like I mean I didn't I didn't realise this that Conor McGrath and David Reedy are gone off the Clare panel have you heard that I read that in the Evening Echo this week and I have to be honest with you I didn't know that myself I did, I did know that Conor McGrath uh, last year they told me that he was carrying a, a hip injury and this is what they told me that uh, was one of the reasons why he wasn't playing many of the games like that but uh, as of um, the two lads will say gone off the panel that's the that's actually the first I heard of it so I did and uh, I would meet David Reedy a bit because uh, he's, he works with um, the Clare champion so he does and really? uh, I haven't actually seen him with uh, this year but uh, that's a surprise it genuinely is because as I just say Conor McGrath uh, but like David Reedy for example was was second in command taking freeze last year would say if they were if they needed a second choice free taker right and then you have uh, Conor McGrath and like 
Conor McGrath is, is as good as corner forward that's out there and as good a striker that's out there it would remind you of this striking wise of Bubbles or Dwyer but I know he did go out a favour last year with the current management but this, what I was told was that he's a hip problem and he was going off getting a, uh, a kind of like a hip operation or whatever and he was going to do rehab but I didn't realise he was going off the panel like how, is it is it that they've gone off the panel to do rehab or dropped off the panel yeah no not sure I, just not on the panel yeah. is what I, what I read yeah. so I don't really yeah, know like, I, maybe it's maybe it's a sort of injury I know Could McGrath was maybe yeah but um but you're right, I haven't seen him in a while. So we'll take predictions on this, lads. We're not going to talk. We know what Cork are like. I'm fighting against myself to say Cork, like, I mean, Cork are trying more lads out. And it's the same thing with the league. Like, this will be a great game. Look forward mm. to it. Mm. It means nothing. And they're both trying t- people out. There's no, there won't be that edge to it. There's no doubt about that. And I think maybe the league suffers because of that. So who do you fancy here? It really is a toss-up, I suppose, isn't it? I'm going clear. I think um, they've been moving well. and <coughs> Look good against Kenny at times and... I just think it's more important to, to, to clear well, we spoke about this la- a week or two ago that just this panel now is at a, a, a interchange where the, it's either win the All-Ireland or the management are going to leave you know and I think the players of that age now where I just think they have to start getting wins and, and convincing wins and start yeah. showing up you know It'd be a grand handy league for someone this year really Damien if you want to put your hand up and say here we'll actually go for it when everybody else is trying lads out yeah, well, I I do think clear. I do think clear will be uh, Cork again. I just think. Oh, this is important. Yeah, this is in Porky Rin actually. We mm. know that because yeah. Porky. Yeah, I, I still think. I, I still think clear will win it. I think clear should be winning it mm. as well. So I do because I think uh, they've a they've a better squad of players. I think Cork are waiting in the long grass. I think Cork are building for the summer. So they are, and when the when the the ground gets harder, we'll see a better mm. Cork and a different Cork. So, but yeah, I think it's an opportunity for Clare to push forward and maybe try to win the league and try to win a bit of silverware. So I do, but um, what you call it? Uh, yeah, I think Clare Clare will win at the weekend. Okay, great stuff. So the other one is Leash Offaly. This is on Saturday night at seven o'clock. This is in a Moor Park. Leash are four to seven outsiders. Offaly thirteen to eight. He's talking to Tommy Fitzgerald in the gym the other morning. Uh, he's Leash selector. Uh, he says Leash are missing fourteen players that could be in there which is an incredible amount now. Obviously, not all starters, but 14 players is a lot. Um, awfully, Brian Carroll was telling us on a Monday, they're missing a whole load of fellas as well. They're at, like, compared to the, was it compared to the team that beat Dublin in the league last year? They're missing, like, there are only three or four remaining from that, like, yeah. which, is, which is unbelievable. Why? So do you, well, there no, they're they're they've a lot of in, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. I think it is. I don't think it's an issue that they've all left the panel or anything. Mm. I think it's just they're they're decimated with injuries and other genuine um, reasons for that. But like, I mean, this is the mini league. This is Leash and Offaly and Carlo, and Carlo have a leg up on these two as well. Absolutely. So whoever loses this um, is really looking towards relegation here. I think it's going. To be, it's a tough one to call. You see, with both panels decimated, yeah, decimated. Yeah. It's very tough. I, I'll, I'll probably go Leash because I just think they're in a nearly better place than Offaly at the moment. I think Offaly are really struggling. Okay, good stuff, so. Damien. Leash or Offaly? I, I go Leash because of home venue. All right, yeah. okay, so you're both going for the. Are you going for. Or Leash, sorry, are the favourites mm. of 4 to 7 here. Just Nordic, I, say, yeah. I say outsiders there. Uh, yeah. So the next, unless I have those odds wrong, which could easily be the case. Uh, next one is Waterford Carlow. This is Saturday night as well. This is in Fraher Field in Waterford. Um, Waterford are still in experimentation mode like I mean they're giving a lot of those under 21s a full run Connor Prunty who was on that under 21 team like they, they got so many players from that we know all the ones that have made it so far he was wing back he's been tried full back Barry Coughlin obviously is retired so they need to find a full back you have DJ Foran and Mikey Carney from that team as well who are getting uh, seem to be playing every game now 
that were kind of only ever used as subs under Derek McGrath. Um, Stephen Roach is in midfield. Um, he's a bit older. He wasn't under on twenty one mm. team, but he's been tried. So that Waterford are kind of experimentation mode, but maybe in, in a different way to the others, uh, Damien. Definitely, they're they're experimenting more than every other county because I suppose there's nothing to gain or lose. So yeah, but um, Waterford know that they need to find a couple of players as well, uh, columns to do and. Uh, uh, what to call it uh, I think they need to find a couple of players so to do and they need to find uh, which he's in fairness he's trying to do they need to find a more attacking brand under Derek McGrath they were very much a football system where sometimes they'd only one man in the football and then they'd three and a half forward and then they'd nearly like uh, four midfielders at times but uh, he, he's trying stuff and he's trying to see what players are going to step up to the mark so he is and He's looking for players that will step up to the mark, and he's going to give them an opportunity. And I suppose it has helped him, helped him too that the Ballygunner team was playing, was training for a club at Ireland semi final, which was probably there's roughly about four or five lads on the panel, I'd say, from Ballygunner. So, um, yeah, he needs to find players, and he's going about it, and he's trying to find uh, new players that he'll be able to use. As you said, there was used an awful lot by Derek McGrath as subs, but he's given these lads a, a chance in the first 15. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go. I'd say we'll all go for Waterford at home. There, the yeah, one, to, they, one to thirty-three to beat Carlo. Even if Carlo are fly, Carlo are flying it. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even like finding players as, as well as that. He's to break that psyche of that sweeper system. Like they're so used. That's all they've played for a few years now, and to, they're racking up huge scorelines. So he is getting more attacking, but you have to get that into them by the time championship comes. You know, because it's a complete different way of hurling. So it seems to be working. Whereas they haven't been challenged seriously yet. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, they haven't played Dublin or Galway in mm. that league yet. Yeah. Right. So Sunday then the big game on. On TG Cahar at 2 o'clock in Nolan Park is Kilkenny versus Limerick Kilkenny 6-5 outsiders at home to Limerick who would have thought it a year ago Um, Limerick are 5-6 favourites here's a quote from Brian Cody on Limerick they're a top class team with an age profile to give them hope that they'll be there for quite a while their form is outstanding and we're looking forward to the game because we'll be playing the best team in the country what's been said about them by their own people who see them on the ground they are hugely impressed and proud of of everything about them it's hugely important how how you represent the county and obviously they're doing it very well I don't know when I read that it was like and we talked about Limerick our fourth favourites to win the All-Ireland like would Brian Cody say that about Tip no he wouldn't (laughs) would he say it about Cork he wouldn't Limerick are still being seen as the poor now Brian Cody's being nice to them but uh, Brian Cody's an ultimate competitor I still don't think Brian Cody Maybe I look. I can't read Brian Cody's mind, no, but he's been a lot nicer to them than he would to a proper rival. Is that fair? No. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he'd say it about any other big rivals that he's had. I I think everything he said is correct. They are the yes. farm team in Ireland, and, and they have such a young profile. Um, I don't think Limerick will read anything into that if they, if they do see this interview or or a panel. I, I fancy Limerick. I think um, they're hurling fantastically well. The hunger still there. And as you said, the age profile, they're just young lads going out and joining their hurling and with a huge tenacity. So I don't think they'll fear going to Kilkenny and playing them at all. At all. So, and, and they're in a better place in Kilkenny at the moment, I think. So I fancy Limerick. Fancy Limerick there. Yeah. What about you, Damien? Yeah, I'm going to go with Limerick um, column. So I did. <clears throat> I met Kyle Hayes during the week, so I did. And, uh, Saw that there. You, you gave him a car, did yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> looked, looked after him, so he did, you know. But... Uh, the one thing Colin I couldn't get over the one of Kyle Hayes the size and yeah. the legs on him was just incredible right and just a huge man but like the one thing I've met a couple of the Limerick colours now they're very very down to earth it's one thing I really like about them 
they won in All-Ireland they're, they're, they haven't changed their characters or their attitudes they're still very much feet on the ground John Kiley probably needs to take a lot of credit for that I think I think uh, you told me that uh, you done an interview with um, one of the Limerick lads and they reckon their squad would be stronger this year than it was last year the lads competing for places I, I, I think this Limerick team are uh, are going tipping along very very nicely so I do and uh, I think they're, they're going to improve as the year goes along as well but I think uh, Limerick are um, are a, an excellent team and I think that uh, they're going to improve as the summer goes along and I would I would predict that uh, Limerick will beat Kilkenny again the weekend plus a big disadvantage to Kilkenny is they don't have the Ballyhale players like we're speaking yeah. of Michael uh-huh. here and we're speaking of TJ Reid but they're, they're a huge there'll be a huge loss in these big games Colin Fennelly I mean Michael Michael's retired oh, but sorry, Colin yeah, sorry, yeah. Colin, yeah, but like, are, yeah. they're the only two Ballyhale lads that are guaranteed starters or is Colin Fenley even a guaranteed starter like he wasn't last year but like I mean he obviously didn't have a full yeah, well, year's he hurling was, he, wasn't, he wasn't last year but he was he was gone over so he had yeah. the army you know and uh, that won't but, be a problem <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't getting tired <laughs> over there anyway, <laughs> yeah but when they came to championship hurling um he was one of the players that Cody turned around and brought brought in, like you know, straight away. So uh, I would love to see Michael Finley, or not Michael, sorry, Colin Finley, with a year's hurling under his belt yeah. and playing really well, and just see where he can go with his game. So I would just, I would, you know, because I've told you before, I, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good player. But uh, Jesus, to say that, like we're spe- you said there to speak of uh, Colin Finley and TJ Reid, he used to be two all right forwards in any county mm. setup, big yeah. men, they're able to win high ball. No, they definitely Absolutely. are. So, come here just quickly on Kyle Hayes. So, did he take Tony Kelly's car, or is there two cars being thrown out from Kyle no, no, Hayes? Two cars, no, there's two cars. There's two cars, like you know. Sure, I told you I'm related to him. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. And wrote, and wrote, and I put up in the Instagram uh, two giants of the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, do they go? They go around. What's this deal now? Because I'm intrigued about this deal because they're they're all getting these car deals. So, yeah. are they going around with Al Hayes written along the side of it, or is oh, it more yeah, subtle yeah. than that? Do they and, have to? Do they have to any, put out a tweet? Any, uh, no, what, what happens is, Colin, anyone that's involved in GA or involved in the farming world gets a special discount from gaming Hayes. Always does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sold my sister two cars anyway, so like I mean, I did that, and she was involved, and she and uh, am I right by saying is she a vet? She she's a veterinary assistant. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so that's that that's linked to the farm and thing. That's so that linking is like it once in Garden Agri or the J World. Your sound will be a discount given. You're, you're, you're okay. This is all free. They've been advertising here, Michael. So they've been very. Colin, you've been very nice. I'm being too nice but I am intrigued about these free cars because I've never gotten one and I have a good Twitter following like I can stick out a tweet or two for this free car I don't you just I've, take a picture of what you say my car's broken down this, this is a come and get me plea from me oh, to, to and I, li- I like Volkswagen <laughs> now I don't, I'm open to any offer near he's lost look out you what about Skoda's <laughs> oh, I'm not sure about Skoda's, Damien. Well, I'll have to see it. I'll have to see. Well, I'll have to see one. I thought he's got a golf. Did he not down there? No, was he his picture beside a golf? Yeah, yeah, but, but like, why can't I get a golf? What? I want a golf. It's a golf I want. 
But sure, booze, the booze of a golf is probably going to be too small for you if you've got two babies now, isn't it? <laughs> well, Cold, no, yeah, correct. No, three, 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 is, three children is where the problems come with yeah. the cars. Anyways, lads, we're completely yeah. gone off topic here. <laughs> yeah, you've gone off the radar, dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Wexford tip, lads. Wexford are a great price here in Wexford Park to be tipped. This is another deferred game. So there's three games on TG Car. They're unreal. Mm. Unreal on Sunday. I will not watch all three. Oh, I yeah. will not. But anyways, I'll watch two of them. Wexford are 15 to 8 outsiders against tip 1 to 2 at home. Uh, Michael? I'm going to go tip. Uh, Wexford are hurling well. Um, again, they're one of the sides that aren't chopping and changing too much. They're playing their championship side for the majority. I, I reckon they'll go, go hard at the league. But I think tip are, are showing really good form and hurling really well. And I think they'll have too much for Wexford. All right, what do you think? I suppose I like, would agree. I would agree the exact same with Michael. Exactly what he's saying. Um, I go with tip. All right, okay. So tip. So like, I mean, you can't read too much into the Tipperary team outside of the fact that Noel McGrath and Shamey Callan will be eleven yeah. and fourteen. Like yeah. that's that's the one thing. Every everybody else might have to fight for I'm that. Michael looking, Breen looks uh, to be Colum, midfield. Colin, I'm, I'm still looking for where Bubbles is. Bubbles hasn't been around yet. Mm. We, we're not exactly. sure. That's, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm just wondering where Bubbles. Like if Tipper really just push forward, they need all their top players, and uh, and I just don't know where Bubbles is. He's not, he's not on the team. I don't see him coming on. He needs to be a regular. Yeah. Well, you want you should ask that source that told you that uh, Paddy Maher is going to be full back for the year. Wait, wait, well, <laughs> as Man said, you can give me my bonus at the end of the year. Paddy yeah. Maher. It's full back for the year. Well, Wade Horland, it'd be hard to take him out of there. And Jake Morris. He played wing back. The, Damien told us this the first round, and then he just picked a wing back the week after. Where will he be playing, Michael? Where, where will he be playing, Michael? I think full back <laughs> myself. I think full back. <laughs> sure, I know. Sure, Michael, that's great to know because I know nothing about Horland compared to Colin Parkinson. So, at least, yeah. at least Michael, you're going to know him, I started. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, lads, I've really enjoyed the show today. I'm sure we're gone a mile over an hour. We'll have to leave it there and we'll be back on Monday and we'll do a preview show. All right, we'll talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.